a question for you. Where in your life right now do you feel the most free? You to think about that for a minute. Where do you feel the greatest freedom? Maybe it's in regard to time these days. Maybe you just got set free from some job or some task. Maybe summer, easier for you. Maybe you feel freedom in a relationship. Maybe things are just really clicking on the same page or no matter what you do, that other person just seems to be really open and affirming to it. But now where do you feel most closed? Where do you feel most confined? And again, maybe that's in regards to time. Maybe that's in regards to a relationship. Maybe you're struggling with an addiction. Both the kinds of addictions that people notice and the kinds that we're able to hide. But where do you feel most confined? Put those questions aside for a minute. I don't know if you remember the old Greek myth of Prometheus. Remember that one? Way, way back, initially, people didn't have fire. Because they didn't have fire, they couldn't have light, they couldn't have heat, because the gods had fire, and they jealously kept it. And so Prometheus was one of the gods. He felt sorry for humanity. And so one day he steals fire, and he gives it to people. And the rest of the gods don't like that, so they punish him. They punish him by chaining him to a rock. And just for good measure, a giant eagle comes and picks at Prometheus's liver. Now he's a god, so he can't die. So once his liver's all gone, it grows back and the eagle comes back again. I remember as a kid, none of that meant anything to me except the part about the eagle, because I thought that was really cool. But if you think about it for a minute, that myth is brilliant. And it's brilliant for the following reason. What does fire represent for humanity? It represents freedom. It represents the ability to cook food. It represents the ability to see when it's otherwise dark. It represents the ability to stay warm when you would otherwise freeze. It's all about freedom. And the ones who have the freedom don't want to share it. The ones who have the freedom are hoarding it. So much so that when somebody dares to take it from them and share it, that calls for the most horrific punishment for all eternity. And with all due respect, that's not just some old myth. I think it nails it in a way. Because however it is you or I feel about the freedom we have, and whether we share it with others or not, or whether we feel that others are sharing freedom with us, or whether they're confining us, says a lot to do with where our hearts are. And not so differently from the ancient gods, we can resent when sometimes our freedom is shared, if we're not the ones who decided to give it away. We can feel a little bit what it's like to take on the wrath of another, if we've dared to share what they have with someone else. Freedom is a funny thing. It either is the source of the deepest and most rich relationships you will ever have, or sometimes it can be the reason for the greatest resentment and bitterness you will ever know. And that's why Paul makes such a big deal out of that. In his letter to the Galatians, he says, for freedom, 
Christ has set you free. That can sound like a nice theology phrase, and it's true. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection brings us freedom, salvation, but that looks like something. That looks like a heart and a mind that actually feel free enough to behave with the confidence and the courage that freedom brings, because ultimately that's what it looks like when we feel free. There is a confidence, there is a kind of bravery there. And similarly, when we feel confined for whatever reason, there's a smallness of soul, there's a fearfulness, afraid to take even one step into uncertainty. So none of us can just decide to be more free. How do you get there? And let me be very clear, I'm not talking about license. I'm not talking about what we physically can or can't do. You know, I can do anything I want, so I'm free. No, lots of times that leads to abuse of power. We can choose at times to restrict our freedom of movement, but that actually renders us greater freedom in love. I've got to suspect for our families about to have babies baptized that when you become a new parent, some of your freedom is restricted. At least I've heard rumors to that effect. But you willingly do so, right? It's a restriction in love. In fact, to fall in love with anyone and to live that out is in some ways a restriction of freedom because now you are fully respecting the free will of another person. So you're not going to do anything you want to do whenever you want, however you want. But there's actually a greater freedom in that seeming restriction. So what I'm talking about is the freedom which really does set our hearts free. And Paul gives us a little way into that because he says, love the way that Christ loved. If you want greater freedom in the face of what's restricting you, even if you can't change heaven and earth, even if you can't force your job to give you, force your boss to give you a better job, if you can't magically heal that illness that's restricting you in some way, that self-sacrificial love that Christ had, that does produce a greater freedom of heart and spirit. And that's a lot more than simply saying love other people because that's a nice thing to do. I remember back when I was a college chaplain at Northwestern, I was often struck by the difference you could see when a group of college kids would go off on a mission trip or they'd cook up some new project, a way of trying to help the homeless or feed the hungry or offer tutoring, because you could see that in them. In that simple way of loving another person, it's like it affected everything else in their lives. Not just because they were helping out in some volunteer project. You could literally see the transformation that it would bring. A certain freedom to go into the midst of a difficult situation and not feel confined or bogged down by it. There's a reason Jesus says, love the way that I love. Paul knew what that looked like. If you read his letters, if you see the life that he lived, it was being able to give of himself, not just because it was a nice thing to do, but because it allowed him to share in the freedom that he said Christ brought for us. So don't take my word for it. Most people don't. Put it to the test. And just take up for you, whatever it is, some opportunity you have to extend yourself in self-sacrificial love. Name that area where you feel least free. Maybe it is in a relationship 
Well, there's a reason why relationships feel confining. Maybe there's an old hurt that's never been forgiven. So maybe for you, the act of self-sacrificial love is to say, doggone it, I'm going to call that person. I'm going to text him. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to look for some opportunity to try and extend just a little forgiveness. Whatever it is, you fill in the blanks for you. But take that up as a spiritual exercise. And I love the fact that Ron gave us this opening hymn that we had. Because if you go back to it, every single verse has the same phrase. If you want to answer the summons, if you want to follow Christ, if you want to be free, never be the same. That's there in every verse. If you take on this journey, you'll never be the same. And we have a choice. Do I want to be never be the same because I'll always be confined? Or do I want to never be the same because I'll always be free? That's a real choice and it can be ours.